What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Chapter 117 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the MAGA Dominion Lost episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokitansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. Just as we thought the roiled waters of American political discourse were cooling off, they had to do it to us. The Million MAGA March. A crowd formed of right-wing factions that descended on Washington, D.C. on Saturday the 14th of November, just 11 days after the presidential election. To get an idea of how the Million MAGA March went, we invited journalist, QAnon specialist, and uh, return guest Will Sommer on the show. He was on the ground that day, and he'll be bringing us some snapshots. We'll also be covering the Dominion voter fraud conspiracy theory and the people promoting it. OAN's Chanel Rion, X8 Coon admin Ron Watkins, and even Sidney Powell, the pro-QAnon lawyer representing Michael Flynn. What's more, Q is back. The anonymous poster has returned to the 8 Coon message board to cobble together its usual dog's breakfast. So there's lots on our plate. Let's get to it. QAnon News. The big story is, of course, that Q has finally returned after a uh, long absence. I wasn't worried. Were you? No, not in the slightest. No, Q has been gone for weeks at a time before, so this is not that unusual. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Q finally posted on November 12th, and this was Q's first post since Joe Biden was projected to be the president-elect. And uh, the return was pretty lackluster, I have to say. It's a, just a repeat of one of uh, QAnon's thought-terminating cliches, and it said this. Nothing can stop what is coming. Nothing. Q. And there was a picture of the American flag. Yeah, n- nothing much there. You had two weeks. It's a weird time to be Q. Like, it's not fun because your whole messaging has been like, we already won or we're winning. And now you're definitely in the opposite state of that. You know, you've already lost or you're losing. And um, doesn't feel good. That drop was uh, quickly followed up with a more substantial drop, which included this line. Who stepped down today? Forced. To help answer that question, Q included a link to a bio of Brian Ware, Mm. who served as assistant director for cybersecurity at the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Yeah. Um, If you're you're doing the question and the answer, this is like an FAQ now. Yeah, I know. See, the old Q wouldn't just answer it immediately. You yeah, know? he'd let people bake for a yeah, little. Yeah, let, let bake. What's the fun of, like, now Now uh, Q was just sort of, like, really being patronizing. Who stepped down today? Here's the answer. Just just slide you the answer yeah, sheet. Yeah, it's a Maybe. soggy loaf, you know? He hasn't really given it proper time to rise. Um, you know, you stick the little pin in, and there's a lot, of dough, a lot of sloppy dough still on it. Maybe Q is like an art teacher just looking down at the classroom, and all of the drawings are dog shit. And so there was really nothing much to work with. Nothing. Nothing's going up on the fridge, kids. Now, Brian Ware did indeed uh, step down that day, again, showing off Q's impressive ability to repeat things that are reported in the mainstream news. The drop goes on to say this. More coming? Why is this relevant? How do you show the public the truth? How do you safeguard U.S. elections post-POTUS? How do you remove foreign interference and corruption and install U.S.-owned voter ID laws and other safeguards? It had to be this way. Sometimes you must walk through the darkness before you see the light. Q. Post POTUS. <laughs> yes, like post when POTUS, POTUS a lot the of concept people, is gone. Like or zoomed SoundCloud in on that rapper. particular line. Post POTUS. Does that mean obviously Q is deliberately vague and cryptic because that allows for more baking? But uh, a lot of people are saying, well, does this mean that? 
Uh, he was saying that uh, Trump is no longer going to be POTUS soon, or does post POTUS refer to 2025 after Trump serves his second term? Or is he saying post POTUS is that the the actual office of the president of the United States will be no more? I think that post POTUS is going to be the president's new SoundCloud rapper identity. Oh, God. Um, little pot? Yeah, little, yeah, post, post Mapotus. And he's going to be like, <laughs> I didn't lose. I didn't lose the election. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we got there. Dominion voting systems. As we all know, after the revolution, the people of the United States will be ruled by a noble council of podcasters. Not that noble, but yeah. But until that happens, we're going to have to tolerate being governed by some form of democracy. Disgusting. Now, one of the biggest flaws with democracy is that it involves counting ballots and Counting technically involves math, so that angers and confuses a lot of Americans, which inevitably leads to conspiracy theories. Uh, we covered some of the conspiracy theories surrounding the election on the last episode, but one got enough traction to be boosted by President Trump himself. The claims about Dominion voting systems, which uh, provided election technology to precincts all across the country. I'm not exactly sure why Dominion got uh, the conspiracy theorists all riled up and not any of the other election technology providers. You know, uh, how about, for example, there's one called uh, Democracy Live. Doesn't sound as ominous. Yeah, not as ominous. Apparently, I learned that the Democracy Live systems are used in every county in Colorado. Is that suspicious? It has the word democracy. Crat in it, kind of. Kind of, yeah, maybe. Or what about, uh, remember Diebold? Remember the Bush years? Diebold uh, voting systems? That's, Everyone's really paranoid about that. Was that, 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 that the hanging cool. Was that the hanging Chad people? No, this was uh, this is post-hanging Chad. Uh, post-hanging this is, this Chad. Is, this is one of the technology to uh, ho- hopefully avoid the hanging Chad situation. Oh, okay, okay. But they had some sort of connection to Halliburton and Dick Cheney. I don't fucking remember anymore. Who gives yeah. a shit? Lots of uh, election vendors, but the one that really got the heat this time was Dominion. On November 12th, Trump sent out this all-caps tweet. Report. Dominion deleted 2.7 million Trump votes nationwide. Data analysis finds 221,000 Pennsylvania votes switched from President Trump to Biden. 941,000 Trump votes deleted. States using Dominion voting systems switched 435,000 votes from Trump to Biden. As you might expect, uh, these claims about Dominion deleting votes are not based on any available evidence. Trump's own Department of Homeland Security released a statement late on Thursday saying there, quote, is no evidence that any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes, or was in any way compromised. The true origin of those claims is a thread on the website thedonald.win, which is where users of the Donald uh, subreddit went to after their subreddit got shut down. Those claims were then uh, turned into an article on the far-right publication Gateway Pundit, and then it was turned into a report on One American News before it was amplified on Trump's Twitter feed. This is really, I mean, you kind of get why the Donald people, they love Trump so much because they really do have a voice in the White House. They can spit out absolute batshit nonsense and then believe quite reasonably they'll be promoted by Trump himself. Right. It works its way up the the ladder. (laughs) The whole thing started on November 10th when a user of the Donald.win posted a thread with this title. Now, for clarity's sake, the word peed in the title is short for centipede, which is a term of affection for the Donald users. Happening. 
calling every P to bump this now. Full list of votes switched or erased by Dominion and all the evidence. This is a nuke. Now, that was posted by a The Donald user named Truman Black. To give you an idea of what Truman Black is all about, he has previously posted a thread titled, If Biden Wins, Goodbye White People. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, did, he did have that on his website. <laughs> I, I thought a little harsh, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just you, you got to his website. It's just a picture of Biden waving goodbye at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, the people voted him in. The Americans want white people to go away, I guess. You know, yeah. It was right on his policy. That's, you have to vote in a white guy to yeah. get rid of white people. I want it to go away. I, <laughs> I'm not liking being here. So naturally, I voted for Biden. Right. It's a type of suicide. <laughs> yeah, it's a type of suicide. The right. easiest kind. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> From there, Gateway Pundit published an article repeating the claims. Uh, here is Gateway Pundit's headline. Breaking, exclusive analysis of election night data from all states shows millions of votes either switched from President Trump to Biden or were lost using Dominion and other systems. Now here's an actual section from that article. Then tonight we were led to a site on the internet, the Donald.win, <laughs> where someone who had seen our post decided to do an analysis himself. Oh boy. In the piece, the author claims his work is a full list of votes switched from Trump to Biden or votes erased by Dominion, the vote machines used in many states across the US. The author claims that his work has been verified, but we have not verified the results, so we currently are labeling his results unaudited. We are uh, we are labeling the evidence we bring you as uh, we haven't looked into it. <laughs> That's just the status of things there. What are you going to do? From there, the claims were further boosted by a One America News report on November 12th, who also referred to the Donald.Win post as an unaudited analysis. Election systems across the U.S. are found to have deleted millions of votes cast for President Trump. According to an unaudited analysis of data obtained from Edison Research, states using Dominion voting systems may have switched as many as 435,000 votes from President Trump to Joe Biden. Now, the author also finds another 2.7 million Trump votes appear to have been deleted by Dominion, including almost 1 million votes in Pennsylvania. About half an hour after that OAN report aired, Trump published his tweet repeating the claims. So. Trump, by the way, now is apparently live tweeting OAN now instead of Fox News. He's he's passed Fox News. He's he, passed the baton. He's canceled them. Yeah. I mean, where do you go beyond OAN? Let's let's find out. Now, someone else who got to work sowing doubt about the election results based on uh, Dominion voting systems was Ron Watkins, the allegedly former administrator of Eight Coon and possible author of some Q drops. On November 10th, Ron Watkins tweeted this. Status, reading the 300-plus page Dominion Voting Democracy Suite user manual. Over the course of the next few days, Ron Watkins proceeded to speculate on possible ways that Dominion systems could be compromised. He didn't provide any evidence of actual fraud, mind you. He was just kind of like riffing. He even stated as much in a tweet. Just for the record, I am not alleging voter fraud. I have no proof of voter fraud. All I am doing is reading the election machine manuals and security audits and making independent observations about how the systems could potentially be used for fraud. So I, nice. I don't have any experience with like penetration Sweet. testing or white hat <laughs> hacking or anything. Dude. But I, I, don't, I don't think it doesn't just consist of like reading manuals and like imagining ways you could like totally you know, uh, penetrate the system. Have you ever heard of Tom Clancy? I have. He read submarine manuals and that's all he needed. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> Ron Watkins, a lot like him. I'm going to go through some of the claims by Ron Watkins to give you a sense of what he's trying to promote. To do that, I'm going to rely partly on research already done by the boys at the Rumor Flies podcast, which is uh, worth checking out if you haven't already. So Ron Watkins became convinced that it was at least possible that Dominion systems were used to change the vote in Pennsylvania, tweeting this. Didn't Pennsylvania take a vote counting break during the night of the election? People hypothesized that they were spending those hours to make hundreds of thousands of new ballots, a near impossible feat. All they needed to do was change the settings on all of the vote tabulator machines, which seems reasonable to do with just a couple people in a few hours. I don't know if there are any change logs on those machines, but that's what I would look for if I was an investigator looking into voter fraud in those areas. Yeah, he's just saying things. He's like, hey, you know, these, these ATMs are really insecure. If someone got admin access who wasn't supposed to, they could take out the money. Total vulnerability in the system. Mm. You know, before we view the change logs, I think it might be useful to examine the vote count in every single Pennsylvania county that uses Dominion voting systems to see just how much of an advantage Biden has there. According to information from VerifiedVoting.org, Dominion voting systems were used in 14 Pennsylvania counties. Uh, When you examine the voting at the county level, Biden earned more votes in only two of them, Erie and Montgomery. And when you add together all 14 counties that use Dominion software or hardware, you'll see that Trump has an advantage of 69,039 votes. Nice. They hacked it. Wait. They hacked it. Uh, for, they, they hacked it to, 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 for Trump to, yes, for make, to give for make the Trump to give Trump an advantage of seventy thousand votes. It's, they're that nefarious. Damn. 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 Red-handed. Cookie jar, etc. Ron Watkins also pointed to an Associated Press story about USB drives being stolen from an election staging site in Philadelphia and claimed, based on his analysis of the Dominion user manual, that they would allow someone to inject or alter votes with impunity. One of the problems is that Philadelphia County cannot be affected by any vulnerabilities in Dominion systems, even hypothetically, because they do not use any Dominion systems. Oh, no. That's... Seems like something that's worth checking. Again, this is like if you're going to do some penetration testing, might be useful to check out what reality looks like and rather than just reading a manual. Well, that's, well, that's what's know. so funny about the whole thing. The uh, Ryan from Rumorflies who started debunking this, all he did was find the same manual and Google a couple yeah, of things. And, and, you know, he all, all it takes is just a little bit of extra work. And, and Ron would have seen that uh, none of his claims really hold any water. But I mean, let's not pretend that's the goal. No, oh, of course, course not. not. So, course so it's not. it's yeah. So he's, we, I mean, we can gish galloping. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. He's gishing. He's having a he's having. He a just good needs time. to be loud and say numbers that like will get people riled up right now. That's it. Yeah. In some instances, Ron Watkins casts suspicion on the Dominion software because he's not familiar with election administration, which is fine. I'm not either, but uh, I can look things up. For example, uh, when listing off problems with Dominion, he mentioned his confusion with a tab in the software interface that is labeled rotation. He said this. Cryptic split rotation function that features the ability to force a maximum deviation. There is no definition of a split rotation. 
So we cannot know what force of maximum deviation means in this instance. So I, I was pretty confused by this too, but I did do some Googling. I learned uh, some basic election concepts. So apparently the word split refers to a split precinct, and a split precinct is a subdivision of a precinct which arises when a precinct is split by two or more election districts that may require different ballot styles. For example, mm. uh, even if you live in the same precinct as someone a few blocks away from you, you might live in a different water district or a different school district. So you would get a slightly different ballot than that person despite living in the same precinct. So uh, I can't believe we have to give a shit about this right I'm now. sorry. This is killing <laughs> yeah, me. Listen, hold on. It'll be over soon. Okay. <laughs> It'll all be over soon. It's okay, but what does it mean by rotation there? So rotation refers to ballot rotation, which is the practice of rotating the names of candidates on ballots so no one candidate gets top billing because mm. voters are morons and they'll just maybe just vote for the person who's up top. Nice. And as far as uh, forcing the maximum deviation, that is actually explained right in the Dominion software manual. And uh, here's what it says. Enforce maximum deviation checkbox. When selected, the process validates whether all choices within the rotated contest have been distributed fairly amongst the eligible voters for each rotated contest. So, the rotation tab deals with the rotation of ballots and precincts or split precincts, and the maximum deviation checkbox is all about validating that those rotations are equally distributed. I mean, it's a little inside baseball. It's a little wonky. I'm sorry I have to explain it to you, but this is how this works. I yeah, just they, can't, can't believe the result of this is not like a perfect berserker build, you know? Like, that's where I'm willing to put in the effort here, but there's no, you're not even gonna, you're not even, this, so we're just, we're just, we're just marching along with some guy who decided to get confused at a 300 uh, page manual. This is, that's what we have to cover now. No, this is, this it's is, less this is our, shit. This is the rationalist, this is the skeptic's lot in life, right? Yes. Right? It's like disinformation artists, they have the freedom to mm -hmm. just, just artists. fart out bullshit. Artists. Art, artists. Okay. It's fun. They're painting. They're painting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And we have to take twice as much time yes. as they did uh, uh, in order to in order to put things back together to help them understand where where they are mistaken. And uh, by the time we've done that, they've already you know they've sp spit out some other bullshit about some some see, other part. See, of the you let it slip though. You said art because you want it to be art because you want it to be worth stopping in front of the painting and explaining why that you know it was painted this way. Ron Watkins even went on to tweet baseless Sharpie Gate allegations. Arizona had a lot of issues with Sharpie markers. The ICC hardware might have marked such ballots as ambiguous. Ambiguous ballots are not counted, but are saved to a folder. Again, he's just sort of like speculating here again, and Arizona did not have any problems with Sharpie markers. Sharpies were in fact preferred at polling stations because of the fast drying ink. The Arizona Attorney General looked into it. Lots of people looked into it. There's a lawsuit. There's absolutely no substance whatsoever to Sharpie Gate. It's bizarre how persistent it is. Ah, but have you considered that file, new tab, new window, new private window, open file, close tab, close window? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Ron Watkins managed to turn that thread, as garbage as it is, into an interview with Chanel Rion for <laughs> yes. One America News Network. She really is one of the most dog shit reporters. She ever. is. <laughs> now, Chanel Rion opened that segment with some snark. While voter fraud deniers continue to proclaim the perfection of the U.S. election system, <laughs> skeptics are looking at irregular patterns in vote data. In particular, software irregularities that would switch votes from President Trump to Joe Biden. In the segment, Ron Watkins is referred to as a large systems technical analyst. 
They do not mention his longtime association with 8Kun or 8chan whatsoever. Also not mentioned that he's a web admin and has no experience with election software or administration that at least I'm aware of. Here's Ron's television debut. How easily could bad actors have used Dominion to switch thousands of votes and alter an election? County by county, the answer is shocking. One American News spoke with Ron Watkins, a large systems technical analyst who has been poring over the Dominion Systems Manual. So I was looking at this manual with the mindset of a penetration tester, of which I am. I'm reading the manual with a discerning eye and trying to figure out which parts of the system could be abused by uh, end users. In the segment, Watkins uh, speculates on how someone could conceivably tamper with the election, again, without actually claiming there's any evidence of it happening. Watkins says the vulnerabilities of Dominion reside in the fact that administrative access is so easy to attain. With administrative access comes direct access to ballots and how they are counted. So you have the issue of the person who is inside the tabulation machine, which is just a normal Windows 10 computer, are they manipulating the vote before it goes to the flash drive? And then you have the next issue, which is now the votes are on the flash drive. Does How does that flash drive get to the, com the county commissioner or, or whoever is assigned to accept the flash drive? Is the same flash drive being, uh, being sent over? So you could swap the flash drive Theoretically, there's uh, no accountability there. And then once the county commissioner or whoever uh, accepts that flash drive gets the flash drive, do you trust them to not go in and edit the contents before they report it? it by the way, he's wearing a black cowboy hat and like black and red, like checkered kind of lumberjack shirt. Where is he, do you the think? Fuck is he's is he still in the I'm Philippines sure. or is he here? Larping his ass off is where he is. <laughs> A big problem with what uh, Ron is talking about there is that it's not actually that easy to acquire administrative access, at least according to the same manual he cited. Administrative access requires the use of a physical iButton security key, which uh, the administrator has to touch to a reader connected to the computer. Uh, also, according to that manual, any compromised or missing keys could be invalidated by assigning a new key. So as long as we're playing like uh, the hypothetical game, this hypothetically should be able to limit the chain of custody. So another issue is the keys. The keys to the machine are digital devices. It's unclear what the device is. It might be like an RFID device or USB or, or something. But it is clear that it's a digital device that holds uh, some kind of cryptographic key on it. If you lose this physical key, you lose absolute security of the entire precinct. So, for example, if, say, Philadelphia was storing these keys in a warehouse and they, they were robbed and the only thing stolen were these keys and a laptop, then you should consider their entire election to be illegitimate because they have lost the physical security of the system, which is the most important uh, part of information security. When I lose my wallet, I am completely unsecured after the, that, and then I lost my keys. They have access to my front door. I am being compromised. Again, according to that same manual, if a security key is compromised, that doesn't invalidate the election. There's actually a specific procedure in the event of a lost or stolen key. Yeah, replace all of the votes with Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs>
In case a security key is compromised, the correct procedure is to regenerate election files for all affected tabulators, then regenerate their security keys. The machines must then be programmed with the regenerated election files. So he's just throwing a lot of shit at the wall. Mm-hmm. It's just half thought. Just, just He's just trying to, obviously, he doesn't actually give a shit about the integrity of the election. He's not frantically reading through the manual after the fact because he's very, very concerned about the security of American democracy. He's just trying to sow doubt. He's just trying mm-hmm. to inject doubt wherever it can, regardless of how uh, substantial or meaningful that doubt is. All right, let's let's move on from Ron Watkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, another claim being batted around is that votes stored on servers were manipulated using a malware program called QSnatch. Hmm. Oh, no. Interesting. <laughs> So the bad people are the Q-Snatch people. Yes, the bad people are, are using Q-Snatch. <laughs> and, and the QAnon people are the good they're people. They're good Qs. They're the no, different No, no, the, they're going to snatch the Q away from you. The deep state is right. going to snatch the Q away from you. Okay. Oh, boy. Here is the claim being made by QAnon-friendly Newsmax host Grant Stitchfield. You are being lied to. The biggest lie of all is that somehow our state's voting systems are not connected to the internet. We hear them say this all the time. Now, that may be true for the individual machines. It may not be, by the way, but it is certainly (laughs) not true for all of the state and county databases. In fact, it's an absolute myth that it's not connected to the internet. Your votes, in many cases, are being stored on a server in Frankfurt, Germany. Cybersecurity investigators tell me they can prove the nation's largest provider of election software, a system used in 28 states, not only uses servers in Germany, but it's also possibly infected by a malware called QSnatch. Investigators (laughs) at Allied Security Operations based in Dallas Uh. tell me that they have found malware embedded in the software source code could be responsible for everything we're seeing right now. If that's true, even the nation's cybersecurity agency, CISA, warns QSnatch would allow hackers to find everything they would need to change votes in election databases across the country. Bizarre. So here's the one grain of truth is that, yes, there actually is malware called QSnatch. It first surfaced in 2014, and it only infects networked attached storage systems produced by the Taiwanese company QNAP. I hear you can get it by going to a MAGA rally. (laughs) But the rest of that segment where he talks about QSnatch infecting servers and manipulating votes, that's pure fantasy. I have no idea where the hell he got this or he's basing this on. It's nonsense. Now, one element of that story is the idea that vote information was somehow stored in servers in Germany. Congressman Louis Gohmert added a bit of spice to this conspiracy theory by claiming that there was a raid by the army on German servers. And these servers were allegedly owned by a company called Seidel, which is a Barcelona-based provider of election technology. I might share one more thing. Um, Sunday, I had uh, information from some of our, our former Intel people that there was extremely compelling evidence that could be gleaned from Seidel, that's S-C-Y-T-L, That's a company headquartered in Barcelona, Spain, that was responsible for aggregating all of our, all the information from all the machines and whatnot. Uh, 
but now the main headquarters had moved to Frankfurt. You know Frankfurt, where Merkel um, in Germany has said the day after the election that Trump needed to go ahead and concede. Well, uh, they're going through bankruptcy, but they that information as to how many votes were switched from Republican for Democrat would have been easily established from the information that Seidel gathered and you know how what were the votes going in and which ones were changed going out and he said can you send me exactly the information we need to gather and so i got that information and sent it in the wee hours uh, uh, monday morning and before he would have had a chance to uh, make a request to get any of that information uh, it turns out that I don't know the truth. I know that there was a German tweet in German saying that on Monday, uh, U.S. Army forces went into Seidel and grabbed their server. There are some that believe this is the U.S. intelligence that manipulated all this in order to cover their own rear ends. But it's a little disturbing to, to just contemplate how corrupt the government has gotten with the whole Russia hoax, the framing of Mike Flynn, and so many, so many others, Carter Page, Papadopoulos. So this is a desperate time for our country. And somebody's it, yeah. fax machine is going off. Completely pilled. And, you know, what I really like about this guy is, like, he's probably getting pretty good at his BlackBerry at this point. Like, he's like, yeah, really he's <laughs> sending texts really well with this BlackBerry. And he has to talk about stuff just completely out of the dominion of his understanding. Like, not, no, you can't look at this man's face and tell me he knows a goddamn thing about how servers work or anything. So yeah. it's... <sighs> what, what blew me away about this is that this man is a congressman, and he's saying that he's getting information not from current Intel people, but from former Intel people, Yeah, which seems confusing, <laughs> seems like. And uh, he also says that he got this information about this army raid from a German tweet in mm -hmm. German. Yeah. It seems like if you are in Congress, you should know what the army is doing. You should have firsthand information about what the army is up to, I would hope. Yeah. Not have to rely upon tweets. Yeah. Wouldn't Listen. you be uh, somewhat approving that funding for the uh, for the raids going on in this Germany? Is, I mean, you would. I don't get these people. It's like they get the Congress, but they still want to be mad online. They just want to they just want to read tweets and talk to their old Intel buddy friends and be mad. Yeah. By the way, the Associated Press reached out to an army spokesperson about that alleged raid, and they said, quote, those allegations are false. Also, the company Seidel does not have an office in Germany. Nor do they tabulate, tally, or count U.S. votes. So right. everything about this is melted and unimaginably stupid. It doesn't connect with reality on many points. Now, to be clear, I'm in favor of scrutinizing democratic processes and making them more transparent. Those are, I think, good things. But if anyone was uh, truly disenfranchised or if the election was corrupted in some way, I don't think Twitter or One America News is the best place to settle these issues. If there is indeed evidence of systematic fraud on a mass scale, I would urge the Trump campaign to bring that up in courts. And they better do it quick because the deadline for resolving disputes at the state level 
uh, for the Electoral College is December 8th. Now, according to the New York Times, Trump has filed 16 lawsuits so far about the election, but none of them allege systematic fraud that could change an election. The allegations of fraud consist of unverified accusations about the voting or counting process, usually directly affecting too few ballots to change a state's results. And even then, representatives of the Trump campaign have not been doing great in their legal challenges. Take, for example, a case filed in Michigan, Costantino versus Detroit. The plaintiffs are two representatives of the Republican Party who were allowed to monitor the vote counting, and they allege fraud and misconduct during the vote count last week at the TCF Center in Detroit. The plaintiffs claim that the election workers were instructed, quote, to not verify signatures on absentee ballots, to backdate absentee ballots, and to process such ballots regardless of their validity. They presented five affidavits uh, from other poll challengers who said, among other things, that they saw election workers enter January 1st, 1900 as the birth date of many absentee voters. The plaintiffs offered no corroborating evidence for the affidavits. They also falsely stated that Republican poll challengers could not observe the count. In a filing, Lawyers for the defendants observed that one of the people who offered an affidavit is a QAnon follower, and they argued that on that basis, their affidavit is not credible. Mr. Cushman appears to be a follower of QAnon, a baseless conspiracy theory which has been associated with various crimes and which the FBI has determined to be a potential domestic terrorist threat. If you believe the opposition is cannibalizing children, there's nothing you would not do to prevent the opposition from winning, including engaging in perjury. Now, this is an interesting development. If you are a QAnon follower, your testimony is not valid, just inherently in court. You are too pilled to yeah. be trustworthy. That sets, that sets precedence. <laughs> On Friday, Chief Judge Timothy M. Kenny of Wayne County Circuit Court denied the petition from the pro-Trump side, saying, quote, plaintiff's interpretation of events is incorrect and not credible. Also on Friday, the Trump campaign withdrew from all of their challenges in Arizona. Uh, they had previously filed a lawsuit to advance a Sharpiegate-like claim, but the most recent filing says, quote, Since the close of yesterday's hearing, the tabulation of votes statewide has rendered unnecessary a judicial ruling as to the presidential electors. In Nevada, Trump allies promised they had found problems on a huge scale. In news conferences, they said thousands of people might have voted illegally from out of state. They said there were reports of a van decked out in Biden-Harris logos and carrying boxes of ballots that people were opening, filling out, and sealing in envelopes. But many of the out-of-state voters turned out to be military personnel who are allowed to continue voting while outside of Nevada. And the lawsuit filed in federal court offered no evidence of widespread fraud. Instead of thousands of illegal votes... Republicans presented evidence about one. In the lawsuit, a woman said that a thief had filled out and returned her mail ballot. When she showed up to vote in person, the woman said yeah. that she wasn't allowed. But according to county officials, they had actually offered the woman a chance to vote in person if she would sign an affidavit saying that the mail-in ballot had been stolen. She had refused. Judge Andrew Gordon blocked Republicans' request for emergency changes in local voting procedures, but said they could return if they found more compelling evidence. And so far, they have not. Wow. Most of like the Trump's legal challenges are going this way. And notably absent from all of these legal challenges is the claim that Dominion software systematically changed votes. 
which seems like it would be worth bringing up at least once if it was true. Just a, a room full of lawyers and Ron Watkins sitting there with his black hat, <laughs> fucking cowboy hat and his shitty lumberjack thing. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm fucking skim the manual. <laughs> skim the manual, no, no evidence, but here's how they could do it if they wanted to. We, look, we know they want to. Million MAGA March. On Saturday, November 14th, tens of thousands of MAGA supporters gathered in Washington, D.C. to protest the defeat of their god emperor. Everyone from regular MAGA and CAG to Proud Boys to Groypers, Boog Boys and militia groups all marched to defend their belief that the 2020 election had been stolen or rigged by the Democrats. Now, I tried to track down the organizers for this event, but according to reporting from the Washingtonian, NPS spokesperson Mike Leturst said no groups called Million MAGA March, Stop the Steal, or March for Trump had registered any sort of permit. When I did track the permit down, the only group listed as sponsors were Women for America First, which is led by a woman named Cindy Chaffian, who gave one of the first speeches. Our organization had this crazy idea the day after the election to throw a small rally. So it's turned into a massive rally. I just want to say welcome to D.C. That was not very impressive. Let's give that one more shot. Welcome to D.C. There we go. There we go. Much better. Despite being the sole signee on the Freedom Plaza permit, I couldn't help but notice other familiar figures boosting this million MAGA march. I mentioned in our previous episode a week ago that General Michael Flynn had posted a Stop the Steal website on Parler. When I clicked on the link last week, it was an homage to GeoCities, a truly crude website with rallies scheduled for multiple cities on November 14th. Oh, but now when I click on the link, it's a much slicker site with a map and pictures of all the speakers, from the My Pillow guy to Tracy Beans <laughs> to Flynn's brother Joe Gorka. I mean, what? it's a bizarre cast of characters that blends both QAnon and MAGA seamlessly. Also on the page now is a, a trailer for the march. It's just a shitty Tucker Carlson rant with epic music and slow crossfades of Trump's billowing long coat. The trailer links to the YouTube account of uh, far-right operator Ali Alexander. On the bottom of the website, there's an RSVP portal that asks if you want to also donate for unspecified individuals' travel and lodging. <laughs> yes. To make things even more complicated, a day before the rally, General Flynn posted this to Parler. Get involved at every level. And may God watch over and continue to bless and protect America. March for 45. Now, this takes you to another prop site where you have to register to get any details sent to you. <laughs> uh, you have to give your phone number, and I'm just not that committed of a journalist, so yeah. apologies. All good. But something fucking weird is going on with Flynn. Mm, really? You think so? We'll be talking to Will Summer in just a little bit about what it was like on the ground, but I thought I'd set the scene with some amazing videos captured by Zachary Patrizzo, a reporter for The Daily Dot. I highly recommend you find his thread to see the accompanying videos. So the first thing is uh, Trump supporters got a huge shot of adrenochrome straight into their veins with a surprise POTUS drive-by. <laughs> Just a closed, closed window, <laughs> car surrounded by people, can't see shit. You might see, like, the fragment of his face through the window. Uh, there's actually there's another video I saw from a different angle where you can see Trump's painful smile through the tinted windows of the oh, SUV. God. One would then, of course, assume that the usual cursing of Democrats like Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer, etc., uh, would commence. But surprisingly, the excited crowd took aim at a new enemy. 
Charlie Kirk. Wait, America First is the Groiper thing net led by Nick Fuentes. Fuentes and Malkin, right? So, but their whole thing is that they're like Nazis and they're just pissed off that Kirk is not a proper Nazi? Exactly. Great. So apparently no one is bulletproof at these things, even if you're pushing bogus QAnon intel mainstream like Charlie has done in the past. Oddly enough, uh, that theme of trashing Republicans seemed to be a recurring one in some of the speeches throughout the day. Here's what Groiper founder Nick Fuentes had to say. The Constitution did not protect us. That's right. And the GOP did not protect us. That's right. But President Trump, when he came down that escalator five years ago, he has been the only one who has protected us and our country and our heritage and our interests and the American people. And so long as President Trump is the vanguard and the protector of our people and our historic nation, he will have my loyalty. They then broke into other chants like Fox News sucks and uh, and really just dragged Republicans all afternoon is when Sebastian Gorka, the snake oil salesman to end all salesmen, gets up on the podium and warns MAGA followers to watch out for, you guessed it, snake oil salesmen. So this is up to you, my patriots of all skin colors, of all backgrounds. This is up to you. You need to put the fear of God into every snake oil merchant, rhino establishment, GOP politician. If you certify the election, you will never, ever get reelected. Will Sommer is a journalist for The Daily Beast and an early days QAnon specialist. He's also the number one recurring guest. How many times is it now? I think it's at least three. Oh, um, I think three more than four. that. I think it's at least well. four. Well, we'll just say 17. 17. 17 <laughs> times. <laughs> How's it going, Will? Good. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be on. You look way too fresh for somebody who attended the Million MAGA March yesterday. Yeah, in fact, uh, dare I say you look reborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys made some pretty good points. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that hearing Nick Fuentes up there just fucking yelling about how Charlie Kirk is a cuck, you know, it really makes you think. Terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah, so, were you were you as terrified as I was when I watched the clip of the uh, the Nick Fuentes crowd chanting USA in like almost perfect unison? That is a, a certainly very disturbing part of that crew. I mean, you could definitely, it was interesting, you could see sort of each faction was kind of hanging out with their own crew. Right. So mm-hmm. like the Proud Boys were kind of off to the side and the American First people. But like the, the whole Nick Fuentes thing, I mean, that, that thing freaks me out. Like just like a guy walked by me in an America First hoodie and I was like, oh God, I mean, that's like you're a neo-Nazi essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's only 22, I looked him up, and from Illinois, the home of the deep dish. I yeah, mean, this was, is not good. He was interviewed a long time back at the... Uh, a long time back, less than two years, but CPAC, and, and, and he was talking about how, yeah, there were people like Jews, too many Jews in there uh, to our reporter. And then she turned on her mic and he's like, well, you know, 
too many people with Israel bracelets or something like that. Sure. So, and that's funny because there's other parts of the MAGA crowd that are Zionists, you know, and they're not down with that bullshit. Like they, they're going to fly that flag with the MAGA flag and stuff like that. So you were talking about factions on the ground. It sounds like, yeah, you know, this kind of dystopian Mad Max, everyone has their caravan and, uh, you know, they mostly get along with each other. Uh, but like, what was the scope? Because I know from images, it's all, you know, like Jake said, it sounds like, oh, Nick Fuentes was leading the rally. But the reality is there's a bunch of different bullhorns. How many people were there really and what kind of atmosphere reigned on the ground? I mean, it was an experience. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been to a lot of Trump rallies, QAnon events, stuff like that. But but even by the standards of this, it, this was I mean, it, everyone had their flags. They were just out there. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I rolled up and the first thing I see is a lady with, a, you know, not my pedophile sign, which yes. that's about <laughs> Biden. And, and a Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing wrong shirt. And yes. I was like, oh boy, like we're kicking it off. Haven't you heard, um, Will? We all have pedophiles. It's just some are not ours. You have to figure out what yours is. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a, you know, it, it, obviously there were a ton of kind of just regular Trump rally folks to the extent that that's regular. Um, but then, you know, you had, uh, obviously the proud boys were there. Um, you know, I, I was struck by the fact that I think the crowd loved Alex Jones probably the most out of any of the speakers. And at one point they were like, they had just started the speeches at the first location. And then Alex Jones clearly was like, this sucks. Like we're moving on. And he's just like, all right, we're marching. And then, you know, they lost about half the crowd that just said, you know, we're rolling with Alex Jones. So I wanted to talk to you about these different factions. Did it feel like you were in an Ubisoft game and you're just kind of like, oh, we're in this territory now. Like <laughs> were the atmospheres different between, you know, was there enough like character difference between the, the factions that you can tell them apart or? That's funny you say that. Yeah, it is kind of like I, I've been playing Watch Dogs Legion and it's it's very, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely like, you know, do you, you, you know, what's your faction rank with the Proud Boys? Right. I mean, it certainly was honestly like I, so, you know, it, it, you guys are familiar with disguising yourselves at these events and I was wearing a hat, sunglasses, and of course the mask. And so I felt like I could take the hat off among the regular MAGA people. But like when I went by the Proud Boys, it was like, you know, full disguise, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it was a really crazy scene and, um, you know, certainly plenty of QAnon people there as well. And let me tell you, they love talking about QAnon. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I think as y'all have experienced, um, you know, often these are people who, uh, you know, once you get down to the kind of the rank and file QAnon believer, I mean, they're like, yeah, this is a military operation to, uh, you know, to, everyone said a military operation. First thing when I said, what is QAnon? Bingo, right off the bat. So the first QAnon people I talked to were two friends from L.A., um, and they were like one guy had a JFK Jr. shirt in that it was it was like the the young JFK Jr. like <laughs> saluting at the JFK funeral inside a queue. And when I realized he was yes. a JFK oh. Jr. guy, it's like, oh, now we're talking like this is yeah, the of stuff. Um, and so. So, the, yeah, they were friends and they had gotten into it from. Um, oh, they watched uh, Fall of Cabal was how they, they got into it. And, and, oh, God, every time Fall of Cabal. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And so that's how they got into it. And then, um, you know, I talked to uh, a lot of people brought up the JFK Jr. thing, honestly. Um, you know, one guy was talking, saying he's not a JFK Jr. guy. He brought that up on his own. Um, he said there's a lot of, you know, it's a big tent movement. Um, but it, I, I would say maybe the most disturbing conversation I had was I was walking by a woman and her kids, like really young kids. And they had, you know, in um, like a kindergarten, they have like kind of like letters, like kind of puffy letters that you string together. And so the kids had made QAnon signs. And so it said like, don't concede with like a Q instead of an O. And then there was just like a where we go on, we go all. And it, <laughs> this is just surreal. I mean, sorry, the, the lady wasn't doing it enough. And then I said, well, do you tell the kids about QAnon? And she said, oh, yeah. And this eight-year-old, it's like... <laughs> 
He explained oh, no. QoS. And so he said, he he said, like, you know, there's there's these hackers, they're, they're good guys, you know, in white hats and black hats. Oh, oh my god. god. Did they get into the child sacrifice? Well, I, I don't think they told him that. I wasn't like, hey kid, what do you think of Adrenochrome? <laughs> yeah, no, come on. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm not telling you. No. No, I'm just wondering how do you, you learn Julian, that word, Julian would start Julian would start his kids with uh the mole children in the tunnels. <laughs> All joking aside, this is incredibly concerning that we have mm-hmm. a generation of kids who are growing up uh, with this sort of weird fascistic fantasy as kind of a story that's being told to them by their parents. And they're being brought to places where they see other people that are so inspired by this as well. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, because there's a lot of these parents that don't trust the school system. They think that the school system is contaminated by you know pedophiles and Satanists that want to teach their kids about sex like when they're six years old or whatever. And oftentimes they end up homeschooling their kids. And so QAnon basically becomes just, I guess, a part of history, you know, a part of their history lessons. Uh, And and that's that's not a new thing in America. There's a huge part of America that's homeschooled uh, for religious reasons or in schools that, you know, kind of reinforce that. So I don't know. That's where I think like it's invisible for us, but it's basically already institutionalized on that side. Well, it's funny you bring up homeschooling, Julian, because in fact, this family had said that from what they learned in QAnon and particularly about vaccines, they had pulled their kids out of school because they didn't want to give them the vaccine mandates. Right. Is that how it works? You can just pull out of school and pull out of vaccines? Yeah, because I think that's the only way they basically make you vaccinate right. your kids. <laughs> of course. Going to school. That's how they get you, dude. It's through education. Then oh, you're imprinted with the mark of the beast. Like, look, you want to be around other kids? <laughs> you have to get these shots. Everybody does. And, and that's how society has been working. These are people gathering to basically deny the reality of Joe Biden winning the presidency, right? So did it feel angry, sad? Was there any kind of those notes in there? Or was it just triumph, like kind of I'm not crying behind this mask? Well, it was definitely angry. I mean, there's no question. You know, I I was talking about which stage of grief are they in, but it's like if they're in denial or bargaining, but they're also very angry. Um, And, you know, that in addition. And so they I mean, they kind of they did create this bubble where essentially they're saying, um, you know, it's they're like Trump won in a landslide, all these speakers and then everyone just like, you know, would really cheer. I mean, it it was just surreal. Uh, You know, it was a crazy thing to experience. Yeah, I guess it's like uh, if we if we if we look at, Q- at QAnon as a kind of uh, replacement for reality, we're now seeing a larger population uh, segment that probably don't all buy into QAnon, but they're buying into a very big reality changing moment. Like, no, this didn't happen, or no, it was a cheat, or actually, he's president. Uh, it's kind of pivotal. And did you sense that anybody was getting discouraged there? Or I mean, they were all really into it. Certainly the people I talked to. I mean, there were really just so many factions. I mean, there were like the trad cats rolled up with like a bunch of priests and cassocks. And, wow. you know, they were all just... Wait, what? <laughs> they cosplay as priests and stuff? You guys might like this story. Uh, uh, former pickup artist sensation Rouge V, mm. um, who has since become a, you know, gone for men's rights. Now he's like essentially a trad cat, although he may be orthodox. Um, I, I turned around at one point and I see a man with a beard and a haunted face carrying a giant crucifix and he's followed by like a trail of incels. And, oh my God. And I realized it's Roosh V. 
Like, My God, everything think, is a LARP. We're in the end days. I think we everything are, is just like the pestilence is all around us. We might as well be the community play we always thought. I think know, we about. are in a simulation, oh. honestly, because like as <laughs> we were as we were talking about uh-huh. this, I, I my brain was like, well, well, I was like, this is familiar. Like in 2016, like me and all my friends, you know, were basically like, you know, this is you know illegitimate. This is that yeah. this is an illegitimate president. We were out in the streets, you know, uh, you know, protesting and all that stuff and it's just like you wore that knitted pink cap (laughs) yeah like you know what maybe that's every day for two weeks maybe that's where we are now where like nobody's ever nobody's president ever wins and it's just it's easier to just it's easier to just decide to choose a a completely new reality but even if we look on the left we are kind of developing into factions right where we say oh i'm like i'm a blm guy actually i'm more like in the antifa thing and stuff so i think what we're seeing broadly and i mean i'm not saying this in a negative or positive way is a factionalizing of America where the kind of federal level means less and less. It no longer represents us deeply, uh, whether it's on the left or the right. And so you're kind of finding a new way forward, a new culture, a new party, except there's only a two-party system. So everything is is this weird, I don't know, like endlessly uh, uh, fragmenting and fragmenting again. And it's... Yeah. Well, this actually, that's perfect transition in my, my next question for Will, which was going to be, you know, did you notice that that QAnon is something that sort of transcends the factions that like there's a little bit of sort of QAnon in all of these diff- different groups or was QAnon itself kind of, uh, you know, a faction that stuck, you know, sort of kept to their own, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great question. Um, certainly I, I, I would say you, you see QAnon sort of throughout the groups, um, you know, so I, I mentioned, I talked to this, this mother, so that's kind of your like kind of mom QAnon, um, you know, kind of hanging back. There was a group of counter protesters and this was like a big focal point for the Trump people. And so they were like there was just hundreds of people just screaming at them. And I saw a lot of QAnon people up in the mix there. And so really you had all kind of all kinds. I met a gentleman named Red Pill Ken uh, in, in the scrum. And, uh, you know, he was very check out his YouTube. He was really pushing that. Um, and and he, he said he got into it from the I believe the X-22 report. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was really in the mix. And so, yeah, I mean, really, it was all kinds of people. And, you know, just to Julian's mention of, uh, of LARPing, I mean, there was a guy there with a spear, like, he was just like ready to spear somebody. I mean, it was it was a very <laughs> weird scene. Well, wait, wait, you know that the, the, the Q shaman always has yeah, a was spear. He wearing so. a, uh, was he wearing like a Skyrim-esque yeah. no. like have a furry hat? hat? No, all of our heads <laughs> no, will end up on a pike in the next coming years. <laughs> all of our heads will end up on a pike. Damn, so it was just like a regular guy in like, Trump hoodie, jeans, Merrill's, and, yeah, and, and a fucking spear. Yeah. By the way, no, we're going to have to... And, and, and I kind of looked, and I was like, oh, that guy's got a spear. And it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Normal. I'm pretty sure the Second Amendment covers spears, too. I didn't check. I feel like you formed your country uh, after the, the point where spears were highly necessary. But, yeah, sure, man. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, I got a question for you. Did you see Vincent Fuchsia on the ground at the Million Mega March? No, unfortunately, it, it looks like he was there. Um, but but no, sadly, I missed him. You know, obviously, he had his car accident. So I would want to wish him, uh, you know, the best of luck um, and, Wait, and have another. Wait, what happened with the, the with the car with the, the car, Magamobile? Yeah, the had, decal one. Yeah, it had an accident. Yeah. What? Julian this cannot so contain. He's changed it's it so, so bad. Sad. It's so bad, but he can't contain his smile. <laughs> and neither can I. And we're all... We're because the mm-hmm. image of that truck just kind of sitting roadside, like smashed into something else, and he's just standing by next to it trying to do insurance stuff with some red. <laughs> right. 
I mean, it, it was a really bad accident. Yeah. Oh, so God. there was a local news report that was like Trump van in accident. And then people were like, holy <laughs> crap, that's the Fusca van. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know any of this. It's coming to me in waves, and glad it's funnier. you're doing okay, Vincent. Well, I am glad clear. that Vincent's yeah. alive. Yeah, I'm of talking course. About we don't wish any harm on the guy at all. I'm, t I'm thinking of this as just the vehicle and the symbol of like a fully decaled Trump-mobile getting into an accident. It's just funny. If you make your fucking car into any flag and then crash it, it's going to be hilarious. Now, the reason I bring him up is that at, at the march, uh, he actually he was wearing a uh, George Magazine shirt. I don't know if you saw this. Mm-hmm. He seems to be leaning into the I am JFK thing a little bit more, more than I've ever seen him. He was wearing the George Magazine shirt also as a poll watcher in Pittsburgh. Oh. So I do think he's kind of nodding at it more. And that, by the way, you know, he did not answer me when I texted him, are you okay after your accident? But when I texted him, did I just see you on Fox News as a poll watcher? He was like, you better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. So wait, how are the DMs with him? Any non sequiturs? Is it a, a good sensical conversation? I mean, it's, it's all just like, please let me interview you. Why do you pretend to be JFK Jr.? I know. <laughs> like, I believe that. And then, you know, I, I run into him every year at CPAC and he's very chill until I'm like, so what's up with the QAnon stuff? And he goes, ooh, gotta go. I love him. He's, He's saving it for something. I need 5,000 words on his story, honestly. Oh, man, you just hear the sound that the Hanna-Barbera sound of the little feet like turning and he's still there, but you know he's going to be gone in a second. Um, Will, one, one thing I noticed from some of the clips that we listened to earlier is there was a strong sort of anti-Republican or anti-Rhino message. I mean, is that something that was consistent sort of overall or was that just kind of like a Groypers, like uh, Nick Fuentes type of thing? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a feeling, I think, that um, that the Republicans have abandoned Trump and the Trump people were so mad about it. Um, you know, certainly the like, you know, you mentioned the Groypers, they hate they hate people like Dan Crenshaw. They think he's like a like a liberal simp. Um, and, and so, like, you know, there's generally this energy that like the GOP is trying to ditch Trump. Like Sebastian Gorka said, you know, we need to make clear to our state legislators that if they don't certify the election for Trump, no matter what, like we're just going to primary them. And so I think it's something potentially that you could see. And speaking of Gorka, I mean, was he, you know, did he command a crowd? Was he able to get that Alex Jones uh, following? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. It's certainly interesting seeing who who got the crowd going and who didn't. And Gorka definitely did. I mean, they they loved him. Um, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the crowd loved. Um, Lauren Boebert, big hit with the crowd. I mean, really, the whole gang was there. Um, but yeah, no, they, they loved Gorka. And, you know, when he kind of issues his kind of like uh, James Bond villain pronouncements, they go crazy. And one thing that Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's now a uh, congresswoman-elect, posted recently was her working out, uh, doing CrossFit exercises in her hotel room, claiming that Washington, D.C. gyms are closed. So, well, I mean, you were on the ground. Did you did you put some hours in? Did you lift any weights? <laughs> yeah, I, I can confirm that our gyms are not closed here. This is it's a very strange, <laughs> strange thing. Um, They're definitely open. And, and in fact, I have gone by many a CrossFit gym and seen people working out outside. So it's possible. Um, but I think you have to wear a mask and that may be kind of the, the sticking point for her. Um, but yeah, no, I saw her. I mean, you know, she was the uh, the crowd was really, uh, really going wild. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, what we're seeing in her case is, uh, you know, this may be the birth of a new Republican star. I mean, you know, she has the the way to just drive liberals insane and, um, you know, frankly, understandably, you know, uh, and, but, you know, she's getting those reactions. 
Yeah, absolutely. Did you have a sense on the ground that there was a, a posse, a movement? I mean, in the past, we've heard stories of journalists being kind of driven up to with a giant Humvee. The husband gets out armed with his gun out, you know, like stuff like that. So how was it on the actual ground of Washington, D.C. when you have to approach, I guess, the institutions that you're going to soon be inside? Yeah, I mean, it, definitely. I mean, they were um, she was kind of talking about, you know, she's ready to take on the house and all that. And, you know, we know she's already refusing to wear a mask at, at her orientation and all that. So I think, uh, you know, the, the QAnon caucus, I think, is getting off to a good start. Oh, great. Speaking of that, the most vocal anti-QAnon Republican congressman, Denver Riggleman, is on the way out now. D do you think that the Republican base in general is going to turn a blind eye to Marjorie or, or are they going to even give her the, the, the kind of treatment that, let's say, a Nancy Pelosi gives AOC, you know? That's a great question. I mean, I, I think the assumption about Marjorie Taylor Greene, probably wrongly, was that she would be kind of a quiet backbencher once she got the seat. I think once she kind of ditched QAnon, perhaps we thought, or you know, publicly, perhaps we thought that would happen. Uh, clearly, that's not what's actually going to happen. I always so, believed in her. Will that's very that's not yeah, that's incredible. Who who believed this? Like, well, you see her her social media game. She has top notch social media game. Mm -hmm. That's why she's in Congress in the first place. Of course, she wasn't going to give that up when she ever got in. I, I did want to kind of transition to a broader uh, chat about QAnon because now the election is passed and we have seen kind of I guess the worst. Uh, I think for now of the kind of big first whiplash. The Million MAGA March seems like that kind of culmination of the complaint that started the day after the election and has not stopped, basically. And so I wanted to talk to you about the fact that even though a lot of people, us included, were saying, hey, it's very possible that this will erupt into violence, that the cases of violence have been uh, almost nil, or, or uh, really there's only one I can think of. It's that van in Philadelphia. And that was basically a foiled attempt, you know, a potential attempt. But we basically have not seen an increase in violence and there's actually been almost none. So yeah, it, does that change your perception of Q? Uh, uh, were people too worried? I mean, I, I'll just say personally, I always saw it as a slow burning uh, cultural movement that's going to keep gaining speed. The eruptions of violence are always basically like that system kind of metabolizing and moving forward and spreading. And then you get these, you know, um, particularly mentally ill people or particularly driven people that turn to action usually misguided and then they get fucking busted and put in jail for unrelated things so i don't know like has it has any of this changed your your perception of QAnon? yeah you know it's interesting i, mean, it, I think the thing to be clear about though is that uh, I, these QAnon people think trump is going to win i mean they think they're in for another four years right now mm -hmm. and so I, I i think they haven't i mean i think when biden's inaugurated probably they're they're going to enter that new stage but right now everyone i talked to was because i was saying well you know, doesn't this disprove QAnon? I mean, doesn't don't you guys look kind of dumb right now? And they said, you know, well, yeah, maybe if Trump lost, but he didn't. And, you know, he's going to pull this off like he's got the watermarks. Uh, you know, he's got hammer and scorecard. He's going to bust that like all the uh, Dominion, right. all that kind of stuff. So it's possible I, I'd say that you would see a Proud Boy or a TPUSA person moving on much faster through the stages of grief, whereas a QAnon person might have delayed stages of grief due to their you know, lack of contact with reality in so many ways in their uh, existing belief system. So, Travis, you had named two popping off points, uh, potentially, uh, one of them being the inauguration. 
Yeah, I, it's like it's like uh, yeah, I really agree with Will. It's like the reason we haven't seen a lot of activity from QAnon followers after the elections because they don't really believe it, right? I feel like you know, we're gotta wait for two important milestones. If and when Trump concedes, because they is such a Trump focused thing, they're not gonna give up fighting until he does. And of course, the inauguration, January twentieth. Those are gonna be two big uh, dates to look out for. It feels a bit now like QAnon is that thing that allows. Uh, part of the movement to stay in denial for longer. Like that's a, a kind of function of it within the group. We're seeing delayed reactions and stuff like that. I wonder if that to, in the end is to their detriment. If you have too many people that think you've already won and you're in the process of trying to, let's say, reverse an election, it's that, that's not helpful. So I'm wondering if that's a double-edged sword. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, certainly with, um, with, with all the focus on kind of, you know, saving the election for Trump, you know, just to, in terms of these Georgia special elections, you have to think about like, you know, you can get a lot more energy, I think, in the Republican Party if you say, look, if we lose these elections, we're going to be totally shut out of the government. But instead, there's all this kind of like, well, you know, Trump's still going to win. And so maybe it's not such a big deal. And uh, so you think you think Trump uh, actually won this or what's your take on that? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> when I was there for so long, I kind of started to think that way. <laughs> and it was like. It was like people, it was like rude to say to people that Trump lost. Like like when I was talking to these QAnon people and I was just trying to say like, well, you know, okay, but like Trump did lose. And then, you know, they, they would just, you know, they were like, well, how can you say that? That's crazy. So, yeah, because none of the names of the media outlets that usually call the U.S. Yeah. election, they, they've even cut out Fox of it, right, uh, due to the early election. Did you hear a lot of that, like kind of anti-Fox uh, sentiment? A lot of anti-Fox stuff, um, a lot of, you know, it was really kind of maybe the rise of like a new era of conservative media because there was a guy with a parlor sign that was like, you know, Jack Dorsey in handcuffs, you could go on parlor. And then there was, uh, you know, there, there was someone with a sign that said like, you know, ditch Fox, like OAN or Newsmax only. You know, and so I, as we've seen, Newsmax is really having a moment. And there was a lot of mentions in the, in the speeches uh, of shout outs to Newsmax. Did you hear any new conspiracy theories that you, that <laughs> haven't been floating around yet? Just that kind of right. caught you off guard and went like, oh, whoa, I mean, that's that's Jake is hungry. Bir birth right. of birth of new lore. <laughs> any sprouts forming? <laughs> Anything that I could chew on early? Yeah, any just a little piece of something, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, an early teaser. Um, yeah, let's see. You know, honestly, the, this Dominion thing is just everywhere. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with that, but just the idea that the the voting machine stole the election is blowing up. Someone had a hand and scorecard sign um that stuff's getting really big right now so i mean you know and, and unfortunately you know i i think as observers of this often we want the new stuff and i feel like potentially this whole thing is just going to dead end or you know just go down this detour of obsessing over this election and um you know potentially rather than grappling with the, the new things but but i do uh, have one more anecdote i would like to share from the march um as i was leaving uh there was a woman who was she had set up kind of a stand and she was selling stuff. And what she was, her sign said, banned from Etsy, buy my Save the Children bracelets. <laughs> so, so I talked to her and she was saying, she was like, yeah, I got really into QAnon. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm all about saving the kids. And, you know, I mean, she, and she did indeed $15 though for a bracelet is pretty steep. Yeah. So I did not pick one up. No. Well, um, thanks so much, Will. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, just, you know, I'm on, at thedailybeast.com and I'm on Twitter at Will Summer. Uh, check it out. Yeah, you definitely follow, should. Follow him if you're not. It's, one of it's the OGs. Great, one of the OGs. Great content. Good reporting. Always a pleasure to have you on, man. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month if you want to get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. We're about to hit our hundredth. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent, and we really appreciate that. We usually stream twice a week if you want to tune in at twitch.tv slash QAnon Anonymous. That's 6 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. EST on usually Tuesday and Thursday. For everything else, we have QAnonAnonymous.com, where you'll find merch, a link to our Discord, access to the lost episodes, etc. Listener, Listener, until next week, next week. May, the may the deep dish bless you, bless you and, and keep you. It's not a conspiracy, yeah, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. Just be very clear. What happened on November the 3rd? Donald John Trump got more votes than any president in history. And then what happened? The good Lord smiled on America once again. And Donald John Trump, the man who wasn't a politician, who wasn't from the swamp, defeated Hillary Clinton! And now, four years later, sleepy, creepy Beijing Biden gets less votes in Chicago, less votes in New York, and we're supposed to believe he won?